Welcome back to Koei's Questions, where we explore life and current events in a real person kind of way. The headline's a little what the mixed in. So glad y'all tuned in to hang out with us again this week. Hey, Jay, how was your Father's Day? It was pretty great. I played Frisbee, ate food, had some cake that my grandma made, and got to watch movies and hang out with the kids all day. It was pretty great. That sounds like a lot of fun. And I have a sweet shirt that says Father, the best superhero. Like Thor? Yes. And yes, it is a dad joke and it's hilarious. Yeah. It's got a little Thor on it. Oh, my goodness. I'll have to show you a picture of it. It's great. You already did. That's how I knew it was Thor. Oh, that's right. I did. Yeah. It's been a busy day. <laughs> it's been a busy day. All right. How have you been? <laughs> I've been good. I met some of our listeners the other day. So I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Dave and Craig with a K. I'm pretty sure his name's actually Greg, but we're going to go with Craig with a K. <laughs> and thanks for listening, y'all. Um, you know that I've been staying home a lot lately because of everything going on, and I've been watching some documentaries on Netflix. Mm. They're crazy. Yes, they are. That's all I have to say for that. They're all crazy. And you made me watch them. I didn't make you watch them all yet. Yet. Yeah. Keyword, yet. I am learning about all the craziness in the world. Speaking of craziness in the world, have you seen what's going on with the Mississippi state flag and the Georgia, or no, not the Georgia state flag, but with the Mississippi state flag? Bits and pieces, the crazy all kind of blends together. Okay, so the NCAA and the SEC are refusing to allow NCAA sanctioned events in Mississippi now because the state flag of Mississippi has the rebel flag in the corner, right? But I don't know about Mississippi State, but I can tell you for sure Ole Miss has not flown the state flag since 2015 and have no control over what the state does. So I'm not really sure why they're being punished as a school or how they have any control with that. Ole Miss doesn't fly the state flag? No, they don't fly the state flag of Mississippi. Why? Because of that? Like the Confederate flag? Because it has the rebel flag in the corner, yeah. But it's the state flag. Right, but it upsets people so they haven't flown it for five years and they are still being punished for it but here's the thing that bothers me right so no ncaa sanctioned events can be held in mississippi because of this however ncaa loves to hold events in atlanta right which i don't know if you have taken a good look at the georgia state flag lately but it is the exact flag of the confederacy but with georgia's seal inside of the circle of stars so sounds kind of like a double standard to me. I think maybe most people don't realize that the rebel flag was the battle flag and not the actual flag of the Confederacy. And so maybe oh, no. people don't yeah. realize that it's the flag of the Confederacy, but George's is the actual flag of the Confederacy just with its seal added in it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'd forgotten what it looked like, but yeah, no, that's legit. <laughs> the old Confederate flag. No stars, yeah. just blue and some red and white stripes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So so pretty so, soon, all the Southern college football will just go away forever because everyone's upset about a flag. That's not going to happen. But I just feel like it's only fair. If you're going to call Mississippi out, call UGA out too. But that's, that's the problem too, is everyone associates the Dixie battle flag as the Confederacy. They should open a history book and look and see. And if you're going to call out Ole Miss and Mississippi State, you should call out UGA too. But yeah, I mean, but doesn't even Florida, the the Red Cross X on the white banner, isn't that also a Confederate flag of some kind? Or is that an air to Spanish? But I thought a lot sure. of Southern states have some part of the flag that ended up in the Confederacy. And then now Thank that there you. are U.S. states back in the Union, a lot of it didn't change. So... Yep, they do, but Georgia, I feel like, should be on the shit list, too. Sorry, Georgia fans. Go dogs and all, but no, you should be on the shit list with us. Hmm. Hmm. Now I'm wondering if that's just Alabama's flag has anything that's going to piss people off. 
Oh, Alabama State flag was what I was thinking of. <laughs> oh, they're the one? Yeah, just the red X. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I don't want Bama fans coming at me, but if that is one of the Confederacy two, they should also be on the shit list. It's all or nothing. It's not just Ole Miss and Mississippi State because we're not that great of schools. No, we're not doing that game. Or maybe that. the NCAA doesn't drive government policy because they're a school. They apparently think they do. Apparently everyone does. I looked up something on Wikipedia just now, so I should definitely be telling everyone my political opinions because they're expert now. Okay. Well, anyways. I got before, off of Facebook. Before we get canceled, <laughs> on to our next point. You've, you've seen all the stuff where Aunt Jemima is not going to be Aunt Jemima anymore. They're going to change her name and her likeness and everything on the syrup, right? Mm-hmm. And apparently Uncle Ben's is looking to see if they want to keep Uncle Ben. Oh, they haven't canceled that one yet. They haven't. They're investigating it. Um, and they're investigating the cream of wheat man. And I don't understand what at all is racist about the cream of wheat man. He is literally just a black chef. I don't understand. Because other thing that gets me too is like Quaker Oats has a obviously very Caucasian man on it. Very white guy. I looked at it today when I was going through my dad's cabinets trying to see, you know, what the cream of wheat man looked like because I knew he had cream of wheat. And I saw the Quaker Oats guy and I was like, well, he should just have to go too. You didn't burn down the house when you found that? Oh, no, because my daddy would still spank me. Well, maybe you deserve it. If I burnt down the house, you're damn right I did. <laughs> hmm. But, yeah, so all these places are taking all their things off. And I think that's really dangerous because for people who don't understand, they might just be like, look, there's no more black people on breakfast foods. And then that's just going to be a big deal about how we whitewashed breakfast oh there's gonna be reversal i'm sure at some point someone's like this makes no sense these people were i don't know if they'll reverse it though because you know the lando lakes butter they got rid of the little indian girl on there again i i don't understand it because what's going to happen and i i I agree i think it's going to go you're going to see like some of these companies changing things and you're going to see caucasian characters or maybe colorless characters somehow you know like oh it's an inanimate bottle which i thought and jemima or mrs butterworth you can't do that either you can't do that either because mrs buttersworth is apparently blackface but it's literally a clear syrup bottle and the color of maple syrup yeah but is, then the syrup is brown it's maples it's an inanimate object it's not it's personified object it is maple syrup that color listen i did not make these rules i just read them on the internet when people were upset about it but I don't know. Apparently, Eskimo pies also have to go. Eskimo pie? What? Because the Eskimo is racist. Can we call it Inuit pie? Is that more fitting? I mean, do those pies have any ties to those peoples? Or is it just anything that sounds minority? Just kind of, I don't know. It's, It's a slippery slope. I have no idea. I have no idea what they're doing. I have no idea why they do it, but... At least the butter one was historically accurate. <sighs> You're not even going to ask me why? Oh, should I? Why? Well, because they got rid of the Indian and kept the land. That's, that's worse than a dad joke, but I think. I think you've crossed into my territory now. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. And <laughs> I don't understand it. It's just one of those things because it's been that way for 40 years. And again, I don't know if it's an... If there was some historical homage, like, hey, this comes from, I don't know, is it Wisconsin? I think it's Wisconsin, right? Minnesota? Wisconsin. I think it's Wisconsin. I'm going to go with it until someone corrects me, but I thought the whole thing was like it came from a place where there were a lot of natives, and it was kind of a tribute to them, and I don't know if some of these places that have done things like that need to look in their company history and be like, no, we did this for the right reasons. Right. I definitely understand them looking into things. And if things were done to be made ugly or to make fun of people, sure, change them. But if you're just saying, hey, listen, this person named Jemima, who happened to have nieces and nephews, made some kick-ass pancakes, so we put her name on the syrup, then let her stay. If Uncle Ben was just somebody who really liked rice, let him stay. If the cream of wheat man was 
a really good chef, then let him stay. But unfortunately, cancel culture has made it to food. I don't know. Yeah, there's a throwback to an old episode. Take that to <laughs> factcheck.org. But, I mean, it definitely seems that way, that things have gone, oh, like, I'm just waiting for things that are, like, manufacturing, like, maple syrup, right? Like, until it gets everywhere. Like, I don't like the fact that tires are black. That's racist. Like, that is literally the material. It is that color. Like, nope, all the tires should be painted blue. I would take some purple sparkly tires if they can have this option. I know you would, and your car would do off, like, two miles an hour before the tires exploded, and you're like, this isn't right. No, I would need them to be working purple sparkly tires. It's not how this works. No, I'm just saying I'm waiting for things to happen. Like, like some of these things don't quite seem logical. Like, I'm just it's, saying. It has a purpose. Like, everything now has become racially charged, it seems, sometimes. But I don't know. Again, there's like, there's a whole other country in Seattle right now, so I don't know what's going on in the world. Me either. And for the WTF News of the Week... A man in New York was arrested for proudly displaying a wooden penis statue in his front yard. He has been in a dispute with the town over plans for his workshop, and while he's been trying to communicate with them to be able to finish his workshop up to code, all communication attempts have been ignored. So he carved a seven-foot statue out of a pine tree in the shape of a penis, as one does. And he noticed people were laughing when seeing the statue and encouraged them to take pictures until state troopers charged him with public display of offensive sexual material. The Saratoga County DA said that it's trying to protect the issue of potential exploitation in a sexual manner, particularly as it relates to protecting children. That seems a bit extreme to me, and maybe if that DA had a giant dick in her life, she might take some things a little less seriously. I don't even know where where to go with that, but I don't know if I want to talk about if the DA had a giant dick in her life. Um, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is how we were kicked off of Apple Podcasts. Um, we're going to Facebook jail for this. Facebook's not even involved in this, but I'm going to Facebook jail. Um, so a female DA needs a dick in her life. Are you are you trying to tell us something there, Coey? I'm just saying. I think that that's a little bit extreme. It is literally a pine tree with two round wooden balls in front of it. And I just don't feel like that taking him to jail for it is protecting children from exploitation in a sexual manner. I think she's being a bit extreme. Okay. I might have to go onto the Google machine and and look this up. So we're not talking about a um <sighs> trying to think of how to word this here. Uh not I mean, anatomically it's about as accurate. accurate as you can get out of a pine tree. Oh, cuz when you first said this, I'm thinking like it is very very accurate. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, just for the record, do not Search giant wooden penis on Google. Apparently, many people carve <laughs> these things, and some of them are much more detailed. Oh, <laughs> WiltonWoody.com, ladies and gentlemen. Apparently, is a website dedicated to this <laughs> adventure. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, and just and just for the realistic, full disclosure. I if I didn't know that's what that was supposed to be, I probably would not have caught that. If I was driving by, I'd be like, oh, cool, it's like a totem or something. <laughs> like, it's totem. not that. It's okay. Yeah, it's it's like I was expecting it's this not, big. That's life. what I'm saying. The DA is being a bit extreme with her statement, and that's why she needs a giant dick in her life. She'll be a little bit more understanding and have a little more of a sense of humor. Well, apparently she'll have dominance for her yard, too, according to this story. to be a giant yard dick? <laughs> I'm the DA. My yard is better than yours. But I think a little kid walking by, I don't think would even realize what this is. I mean, it is very rough. I, I To give it context, I think this is carved with a chainsaw. I don't think there was any, like, sanding or routing involved like it's not it's not a masterpiece i don't think although probably wasn't intended to be 
forever. Oh, best quote in this story I've seen so far. My wife suggested the yard cock, however, and I ran with it. What an opportunity. Um, yeah, we might have to do some editing uh, in this, but uh, yeah, so definitely he's trying to so yeah so the two paragraphs right here that i just happened to catch next to this nice night picture um yeah welcome to the podcast of the yard statue that's what we're going to call this one to keep the censors away but he's going peacefully trying to wiltonwoody.com page apparently even has like screenshots of all the letters he sent with no response that's from the what city I said. he's been trying to so he's going on about, it's all going yeah. ignored uh, you heard it here first on Kobe's questions. <laughs> oh my goodness. And a British man is suing a woman he went on a date with because he has been traumatized after receiving a kiss and along with it, a virus for life. He's demanding a payout of 136,328 euros after contracting a cold sore from his date. He is upset, angry, and very confused after finding out he contracted the herp. He just wants justice. So he is taking legal action against his date. <laughs> but for real, I cannot make this stuff up. That's for real. So what gets me is how many $130,000 payouts are happening around every military post or sea port in the world? I mean, because you know there's shit I mean, floating around the there. military gets paid that much. I know, but hey, I was with this girl at the bar and she gave me a cold sore. I want oh, $136,000. not how it works. Well, maybe I'm traumatized after receiving okay, a kiss here, I and a virus for life. And he kind of looks like a walking herp. Gross. <laughs> he looks like he'd have he it. He probably I'm already serious. had it. Probably, he probably did. Her. That's probably how she found out I too. You give me a cold sore. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. And very confused. Oh, shit. Mm, man, I'm gonna steal you for emotional abuse. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. This week's major topic of the week is a little bit more fucked up, for lack of better words, than we usually talk about. Um, so I know that. I know that your kids listen, so maybe right now might be a good time for them to just turn this episode off. Oh, no, probably back at the big dick statue. We'll probably have them cut out there. Like, <laughs> Here's the intro, kids, and no. Uh, mm, nope. Nope. I'm going to catch enough hell from my mom, and my kids are not listening to this one. We're going to name this No Kids Allowed in this episode. But anyway, for anybody who is sensitive to some effed up things... Turn it off. We'll be back next week with something much lighter. I promise. No, we won't. <laughs> no, it will. Next week says lighter. I can't promise we won't have what the fuck news about big dicks in yards, but it's the main topic will and be And no, I lighter. will be inside. It will not be in me in the yard. Oh, gross. Ah, I had to give it. I had to shut you up somehow. Okay. So the major topic of the week. And I'm doing a little research. So, Dee Dee Blanchard and her daughter, Gypsy, lived a very stressful life, we'll go with. Oh, um, that's been in, nicely. In 1991, at 21 years old, Dee Dee Blanchard gave birth to her daughter, Gypsy Rose. Her husband was 17 Wait, at the time. I missed that. Yeah, her husband was 17. So, they he was 17 married- and she was 24. Yes. Oh, now so much more of that makes sense of how she was able to bully him around. Yeah. That's so, the part I cannot figure out. Anyway, sorry, you guys got to watch this. Was it Gypsy Rose, right? Right? Gypsy Rose is the name of that documentary? We'll get to oh. it. Oh, my bad. My bad. So they were married for like a year, and then he was like, I can't do this anymore, and they got divorced. The only reason they got married is because she was pregnant. So... She was really upset when she realized that her baby daughter had sleep apnea, right? And things got worse when Gypsy was eight years old and had leukemia and muscular dystrophy that required a feeding tube and a wheelchair. 
So things are rough, right? Mm -hmm. So the list of illnesses that Gypsy had seemed to grow and grow and included seizures, asthma, and a chromosomal disorder that made her have all these extra sicknesses, right? Right. So this poor girl had a long list of surgeries, like 30 procedures that included installing a feeding tube, removing her salivary glands, and removing her teeth as they rotted out due most likely to the multiple medicines that she had to take. A quick note on this one. The feeding tube had to be changed out about every six months. So that was a surgery every six months for that alone. Was that a surgery? I thought she was like awake for it. They just like numb it and change it. She, yeah, oh yeah, she was awake, but that was a procedure where someone had to take the feeding tube out and put it back in. And I remember in the documentary she mentioned that it was painful every time. Poor girl. No general anesthesia for that. You're awake. Maybe get a numbing shot of Novocaine and they're yanking the feeding tube out. Ow. I know. Yeah. So with the leukemia and everything, Dee Dee told Gypsy that her hair was probably going to fall out. So she went ahead and shaved her head before it fell out to make the hair less hair loss process easier, right? Right. Dee Dee was seen as a devoted mother. And after Katrina, Dee Dee and Gypsy moved from Louisiana to Missouri in 2005. And then were lucky enough to be gifted an adorable pink house with a wheelchair ramp from Habitat for Humanity in 2008. And did you see some of those things? Like that house was cute. And yeah. It was like Barbie pink. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'd do Barbie pink, but I imagine if I was an eight-year-old girl, it would be pretty awful. But it yeah, was for no, Gypsy. No, yeah. yeah, like for a, like I imagine it's like a little girl dream house, really. And the fact that it was built by Habitat and had the ramp and everything, like yeah, everything that she needed was there. Right, to make her life a lot easier. Yeah. So they were often gone for weeks and months at a time because they were visiting Gypsy's doctors or on make-a-wish trips to places like Disney World or going to concerts and stuff. So people would see the house and they were there and they weren't there. They didn't really have a ton of friends, but she did make friends with her next-door neighbor. Mm-hmm. They hung out a little bit, as much as normal as you could be, being sick like that and in a wheelchair. Then in... 2011, Gypsy ran away with a man she met at a science fiction convention. Where all the good guys are at. But Dee Dee was, <laughs> <laughs> but Dee Dee was able to track them down through mutual friends and let the man know that Gypsy was a minor. So then she came back home, and I imagine she wasn't allowed to be on the internet much because of running away and everything. And with her health issues, that would be a problem, right? Oh yeah. So, in 2015, Gypsy met another man online on a Christian dating site, and that June, there was a Facebook post made on Gypsy and Dee Dee's shared page saying, these are quotes, that bitch is dead. And then a couple people were like, "Um, have you been hacked? What's going on? Are you guys watching a movie or something? And then a comment back from them saying, fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet, innocent daughter, her scream was so fucking loud, LOL. Yeah. So shit's a little weird, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's an understatement at this point, but yeah. So now people are like, okay, something is going on. They're not watching a movie. I don't know if they've been hacked or not, but let's call the cops. Mm-hmm. So the police came to the house and found Dee Dee had been brutally stabbed to death and Gypsy was missing. Definitely not a good place. No. The town was concerned, and a statement was made in a press release by the police saying that things aren't always what they seem. Mm-hmm. So let's rewind a little bit. So it turns out when they're looking into this, Gypsy's medical records weren't lost in Hurricane Katrina. Oh, that was a that was a big deal too, right? They said they were lost, and that's why the doctors had no history to go off of and to take her word for it. That's why they were believing the mom and had no questions when there wasn't a lot of medical history on things because it was supposed to have been lost in Katrina. Mm. Then the medical tests that she had gotten since they moved to Missouri often showed inconclusive or contradictory results. And any time a doctor would ask questions, Dee Dee would just stop seeing that doctor. Just keep going until you find the answer you want, right? I mean, I guess. 
So Dee Dee had had some nursing training so she could accurately describe symptoms or she would give gypsy medicine to mimic conditions. Mm. I remember seeing this girl was not even sick. However, the medicine for her stuff made her sick and made her actually have the symptoms of the things that she was taking the medicine for. Right. And once Gypsy was old enough to talk, she was told to stay quiet at appointments and was given a new stuffed animal every appointment. And Dee Dee would talk to the doctors and tell them about the symptoms, not Gypsy. Yeah, that's crazy. So when Dee Dee's family noticed that Gypsy didn't always need a wheelchair, like sometimes she could walk, they started asking questions, right? And Dee Dee decided that she was going to leave Louisiana and go to Missouri. And they were lucky to have the hurricane as a cover around that time as well. Yeah, terribly convenient, right? Yeah, that way people couldn't really ask that many questions in Missouri. So when Gypsy was 14, she saw a neurologist who believed that she could possibly be a victim of Munchausen by proxy, but it was never reported to authorities. And later he said it was because there wasn't enough evidence to act. But he did note in her medical files that the mother wasn't a very good historian. That's a pretty nice way to call somebody a damn liar if you ask. Yeah, and he put it in bold letters and underlined it. And I think that same report where he said that, he he did mention that he thought she was a potential uh, victim of the Munchausen by proxy. But I guess the whole thing is, if you can't prove it, I guess you risk smearing a lot of things that you shouldn't if you tell people, like, hey, I think you're a liar and you're hurting your kid. Probably not good for the medical profession, I guess. And and Dee Dee had gotten copies of her medical records and saw that, so she stopped seeing that neurologist. So in 2009, an anonymous (laughs) report was made that resulted in social workers coming to the house, two separate social workers, two separate times, but they left convinced that everything was fine and hunky-dory there because of how convincing Dee Dee was. (sighs) Again, again, this woman has has sweet-talked everyone and knows the right things to say to the right people. Hmm. Right. And as Gypsy was getting older, Dee Dee started lying about her age to make her younger, changing birth certificates and everything, and even told her father to tell her, not to tell her happy 18th birthday on her birthday because she was mentally behind like 15 and it would just upset her. And her dad was like, what do you mean I can't tell her happy 18th birthday? She's 18 yeah, today. Part was crazy. But again, the whole bullying the dad thing, knowing that she was almost a decade older, all makes a little bit more sense now. Right. And, you know, he had thought his whole or Gypsy's whole life that the mom was so caring and taking care of Gypsy and, you know, giving up so much to take care of such a sick kid that he was just like, I mean, I guess she knows the best, you know, whatever. So about that, remember when Gypsy ran away and Dee Dee told the man she was underage? Mm hmm. Yeah, she wasn't. She was 19. After Gypsy got back to the house, according to Gypsy, her computer was smashed and she was physically restrained to her bed. Sounds like a hostage situation, doesn't it? I mean, it pretty much was. Yeah. Then, when she did get back online and joined that Christian dating site, she met Nicholas Godjohn. Now. I think it's important to take a moment on a side note here, all right? All right. I just, I don't feel like enough attention is put on this little fact about Nicholas here. So in 2013, and I don't know if you remember this on the news, but I sure do remember hearing about it. At a Waukesha McDonald's, a 23-year-old was accused of watching porn for nine hours on his laptop while fondling himself. At McDonald's. For nine hours. Yeah. So when the cops got there, Nicholas told them that he was just scratching himself. And that's why his hands were down his pants. For nine hours. While watching porn. Not not 30 seconds. 
nine hours and apparently loud enough that people saw it and heard it and yeah right and then he was arrested it's called headphones it's called don't do that shit at mcdonald's you freak but yeah go to taco bell (laughs) oh my god but he was arrested and he had a large folding knife in his pocket and was charged with carrying a concealed weapon and disorderly conduct okay there is almost no mention of that in all of the documentaries and i think that that's a pretty important thing that we should know oh. about this guy oh no 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 the the one i watched last night made a mention of this like the tiniest mention though like not like well it was enough to go if she didn't know this maybe she'd have run away but who admits like yeah i got arrested for doing my business in a mcdonald's for nine hours like would you admit that to somebody if you got arrested for it no but if i met some rando on the internet i'm sure as shit gonna google his name maybe he changed it no his name was nicholas gojohn maybe it was nicholas good time at the time i don't know it wasn't i'm just saying <laughs> so anyway back to the story okay so she meets Nick online on this website and they start dating or whatever it is, you know, from the internet. Interdating. And and other states. So they're talking and she's happy. And then he tells her that he has multiple personalities. So she should too, so that his all his personalities could have girlfriends. And I'm not talking about like just... I mean, not that any personality, multiple personality thing is normal, but like I did some digging. There's some crazy stuff, y'all. Crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't need to be multiple boyfriends if you have multiple personalities. Now, on a on a slightly side tangent, because, you know, just want to get out of this a little bit because it's kind of just dragging me down. But so women, sometimes y'all have multiple personalities. Not like schizophrenia merciful personalities but you will laugh at something on the tv and then scald us in the same sentence like two different people are talking okay well he was like schizophrenic and wanted her to have like a bad girl personality and like a sweet girl personality and all kinds of weird oh no that's no no the two bad ones well i mean not that there were were four of them but the two that stood out to me were the slutty rabbit thing, cat thing. I don't know if you guys watch anime. I don't I don't really but like the animal No, yeah, it was the slutty animal thing, kitten thing, submissive, and then the evil something or another. The one where she had red hair and like licked a knife. Yeah, yeah, like the evil one. I'm sorry, like if your boyfriend's like, oh I want you to pretend to be slutty, okay, maybe he's a little bit of a perv, but if you're cool with that, whatever. If your boyfriend tells you he wants you to be evil gtfo maybe gtfo (laughs) turn off your internet change your name change cities if he wants you to have an evil personality it's because he has one get the fuck out and you don't want no part of that no because well obviously these people are in prison but nothing good's gonna come out of that so (laughs) gypsy comes clean right and tells him that you know she's really not that sick she can walk you know all this stuff and tells him about all the shit her mom has been doing to her. And she asks him if he would kill her for her. But the first time it seems like a more of uh, I protect you from anyone. Oh, would you even protect me from my mom thing? Like a hypothetical, but obviously it went farther than that. Yeah. So eventually, eventually Gypsy decides that that's what they should do. Buys the knife and lets Nicholas in her house, then hides in the bathroom, covering her ears while Nicholas stabs her mother to death. Yeah. Then Gypsy and Nick in the house had sex. He said it was consensual. She said that she allowed him to rape her so that he would not rape her dead mother. Yeah. So, as bad as that is, back it up just a little bit. They first meet each other in person, which I don't I don't think we hit that one. At the live action Cinderella movie? Right? She goes to the bathroom, drags him with her into the the men's room, by the way. The boys' bathroom, I think, is how she exactly called it. That's how they have their first time, is in the boys' bathroom at a movie. 
the mom hates this guy who's a loner at this a girls movie i mean really a girls movie you know no kids nothing just a 20 something year old guy hanging out watching cinderella hey i'm not knocking like cinderella whatever but it is a little weird you know but maybe find a friend to go see the movie yeah yeah so their whole relationship on the sexual side is completely weird and the whole like i'll let you rape me i that i guess to not rape the mom i get that but the whole like how do you let someone rape you i don't know this guy has some kind of like power fetish thing he's got all kinds of problems but he's like he's like an infomercial because it's always like wait there's more and there always is like this year yeah yeah he's the 2020 of schizophrenic men apparently good lord but wait well anyway (laughs) so after that all went down they left missouri they mailed the murder weapon and money to his house in wisconsin i guess so if they got pulled over they didn't get caught with it i don't know and they lived with his parents in wisconsin until they were eventually found by police Mm. so that facebook post gypsy said that she posted that way her mom wouldn't just be laying there and not be found. Yeah, so crazy. Right? So after, you know, asking them both what happened, interrogating and everything, because Missouri has the death penalty, they decided to split their case so they were not co-defendants. And a lawyer arranged her plea deal. She pled guilty to second-degree murder and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Still pretty rough, but uh, definitely not lethal injection. So there's that. Right. So what really is just crazy to me in this whole crazy story, she says she feels more free in prison than she ever did at her mother's house. Yeah, think about that. Let that sink in for a second. Then later on in interviews, she was asked by Dr. Phil if she is happy that her mom is dead. And she said she is happy she's out of that situation, but she is not happy that her mother is dead. Yeah. And and even with the whole thing with her mother, like the interview with her father and stepmother. Mm-hmm. Apparently That's this woman. Crazy shit on its own. Oh, yeah. Apparently. Ever since, like, she was 18, master manipulator, got whatever she want, would walk on anybody to do it. May or may not have money killed her own mother. Yeah, may, yeah. So this, almost like it's a, a family pattern, like, may have killed her own mom to get her, something out of it. But it just goes to this whole, like, how how many people did you piss off to the fact that when you died, everyone's like, yeah, everyone kind of knew you had it come and figured something happened. Right, where people actually said that she got what she deserved. I think her, her own dad even said that, if I remember right. Yeah, right. her parents did not wow. parents, Her dad and her stepmom did not seem like they cared at yeah. all. No one in the family would pay for it. They cremated her, and they're like, what do we do with the remains? And like, flush them down the toilet. Like that's Yes, crazy. her own dad said that. That is how much this woman had burnt everybody and apparently i don't know maybe it's what led to the munchausen she felt like no one to get attention from she wanted to be a caregiver and so she made a chance so she could have somebody that needed her i don't know but it's crazy so you know when i watch documentaries like this we know they have a whole podcast about my questions you know i have a million questions about it right oh lord so my first question is do you think that if Gypsy wouldn't have taken the plea deal, if she would have gone to court, do you think she would have even gotten convicted at all? Because I don't. Wait, do I think she would have been convicted for murder in the first degree if that's the only charge they for were anything. after? Anything. I, you know, I do. I do think she would have. Because the problem is, is by the, like, I think by the letter of the law, and I know there's going to be a lawyer here who's going to shut me down, but like when the, in the interview they talked about, if you thought about something and then set conditions for it to happen, like she bought the knife, she had the duct tape, she opened the door for him. She, you know, here's where I'm at. She premeditated all of that and had the plan ready. She did everything, but actually do it. So I don't know. Maybe there's some 
I don't want to say wiggle room, but like a gray area of whether it was like first degree murder or you're an accomplice to first degree murder. But I don't know if Missouri has laws where it differentiates. Like you made this happen. You may not have had the knife in your hand, but you're going to the chair. Well, what I think is if she would have went to a jury trial, all it takes is one person, right? One person to convince the rest of them that she's not guilty. I think you play on their emotions with that. Say, listen, she has been abused her entire life. She is almost killed from her abuse. That was the only way she saw it out. Then I just, I don't think she's guilty. I think it was self-defense, not guilty. Refuse to change your opinion and convince some other people and you can change the jury. I think if she would have went to a jury trial that she would be free right now. I Well, I do wonder too if she didn't take the plea deal, if they would have changed the charge to something they knew would stick. Like we'll I don't think that anything would have. Really or here's like 15 charges that are all, I don't know, maybe not life in prison per se, but like here's 15 individual charges, all the max penalty of 20 years. So you get 140 years in prison, not life in prison, but you're going to die there anyway. So I don't know if that had gone some other way of like, you know, aiding and abetting criminal fling or, I mean, there's so many laws. Even that If I'm sitting there in the jury and they're telling me all these horrible things, I just don't think I could send her to prison. I don't. Yeah. But then what do you do? Like you let someone who orchestrated killing their own mother go. But it's not like it's a normal situation. Like she's your mom that makes you pancakes every bre- every morning for breakfast and she's there for all your sports events. She literally gave you diseases and had your teeth rot out and had a feeding tube put in and everything else to make the world think that you that you were sick. Yeah. No, I mean, That's I, I don't get that aspect. But I'm saying like if we got in a fight and I planned it all out and then just one day invited someone into your bedroom who just stabbed him like ah but that's a different situation that's not a you've been abusing me my entire life thing but you have been abusing me my entire life but you didn't say that in your situation but i'm just saying maybe it might have been a better thing for her to spend those 10 years in some sort of psychiatric um, hospital kind of thing i can see that definitely but not like a crazy, not like a psychiatric hospital, like where you make things worse. But in some sort of rehabilitation center, getting her high school diploma, learning, you uh, know, that then this isn't okay. Seeing a therapist regularly, something like that. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean like an asylum. I meant like yeah. a place where she. I mean, like I say psychiatric. I mean, like helping her get weaned off of all the drugs she's been on in her entire life. Helping her with, I mean, like a psychiatrist. Uh, what's the other Several one? Several of them. Psychiatrist, psychologist. Thank you, and like an actual. MD to help get her mind right, as well as, yes, getting her an education, getting her mentally to a state where she is, you know, what was she, 18, 19 at the time, right? 20? I think she was 20 something. So she's actually acting and has a mental capacity, like a realization of that. Because I know, like, one of the things with the one of the psychiatrists, I think it was, about how she has difficulty, cognitive difficulty with what is real, what is not. So consequences right. like death and the law and things like that, that normal people have. Like if I she see, doesn't really understand it. Right. But send her to some place like that 10 years, like at 10. And if she gets out early, she gets out early. I'm just saying like a program that could go 10 years until you know that when she walks out, okay, if I cross the street out of a crosswalk, I can get a ticket. If I punch someone that hurts them. If I kill someone, they don't respond. Like that's it. Right. Wrong is wrong, right is right, and has an understanding. But yeah, definitely, I don't, I don't know. But again, she feels freer in jail, prison, not jail. Prison. I know, may not have been. I'm sorry. Forgive me. It's prison. different. Prison. No, I, and I get, I agree. I think anything over what three years or five years. Anything you go to a prison over one year instead I of think. a jail. Oh, one year. Okay, okay. I can't remember where the breaks. At. I don't know if every state's the same or it's federal, but yeah. I think she's going to come out of this better however whether it should have been prison or someplace else i could i could definitely see the debate both ways for that but i don't think the prosecutors were going to let it go because i think when you set that legal precedence you open the door for a whole lot of like well it wasn't a munchausen by proxy but it was this so i think you should let her go too and it's like uh. i mean i'm not saying necessarily that it was right it would be right for her not to go i'm just saying i think if she would have gone to a jury trial that she would not have been convicted yeah or they'd have reduced to like manslaughter like she's only going to get 10 years and make a very compelling argument about why this is just capacity to at least be 18 right which i think is the age of majority in missouri as well right 
Right, but I'm not even just talking about the prosecutors. I'm talking about the jury. Right, right. But I feel like they'd make a compelling argument like, look, we've already reduced it from this. We're charging for this because justice has to be done and blah, blah. I don't know. You, It'd be one of those trials, I bet, that would go on for six or nine months. Like, it would be an extension after extension, more witnesses, more arguments. I think it would go on forever. But I feel like they would drop down to whatever they thought they could actually get a jury to take. See, I honestly think a jury would just be like, not guilty. No matter what, not guilty? Yeah. I mean, you may you may be absolutely right. All it takes is one person to be stubborn as hell and be like, no, and convince people. But anyways, so yeah. another question is, why did every step along the way fail her? Because her mom was so good at playing the system. And I feel like I just, everybody knows one of those people or knows a friend of a friend that talks about how this person could talk their way into a speeding ticket, talk their way into extra money for X, Y, and Z. And you're like, how? Okay. There is a very big difference between talking your way out of a speeding ticket and talking your way out of abusing your child like that. <sighs> I think the line is finer than you want to give it credit for. Because what I'm saying is, you're talking your way out of a speeding ticket out of good faith of, I don't want this speeding ticket. I understand I did wrong, but you're finding a way to get the officer to be like, okay, poor is you. I'm going to let you go. And granted, this woman had evil intentions in mind. I'm not saying that the, the situation or the outcome was the same, but that ability to read, okay, I have to be a hard ass with you. I have to be sweet with you. You're 85% down the middle, but this way. And if I talk to you just this way and use these words, you will do this. And she she knew that, oh, this doctor is going to try to be all super hard. Well, if I use all these big medical terms and make him feel like I know exactly what I'm talking about, he's going to do it. Oh, this doctor wants me to play dumb. Oh, I don't know. She just kind of like pukes and it's just this color and does this. I don't know. Oh, well, that's probably this. Oh, it probably is. Can we just do it? I feel like this woman was like that mass manipulator that she knew if she had to play like the helpless victim. You know, bat the doe eyes. I don't know what's going on. Please help my daughter. That these doctors, because doctors want to help, right? We're jumping. We're jumping to do what they thought was best for her. Like, okay, if it's this, we can't wait. The surgery has to happen this week or this could happen. And they were doing it. By doing it, they were furthering the thing they were trying to actually prevent in the first place. And it seems like the same way the other way. Like when we talked about how she had the nurse training, she probably spit off so many things like a medical textbook. She probably researched the shit weeks in advance. My two cents. She yeah, she probably knew exactly what she was doing and saying. And what would have happened if they hadn't made those Facebook posts? Like, how long would it have taken before that she was found, or would they have even been caught? Mm, I'm gonna say for the finding the body, probably a week or two after when they actually found it. I mean, they were, like, gone for months at a time, though. Right. But I think it'd be one of those things, like, and again, I don't know because I wasn't watching the driveway, but, okay, the car's in the driveway, not at the airport. Something's not right. That Okay, the car's been in the driveway for two weeks. Let me knock on the door. No one's answering. There's a weird smell coming from the house. Hey, cops, you should. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, that happens all the time. Like, elderly folks will pass in their home peacefully no one may know for a week and they're like smells like something's you know off something's dying like they think they left their trash out they call the cops and knock the door down and sure enough someone's laying in bed and you're like oh well shit so i'm gonna go two-ish weeks i think before somebody would have like noticed the pattern was off and just things were wrong or stopped by to say hi and realize the car's in the driveway nothing's been touched especially i can't remember when it happened it was winter time wasn't it it was in June. Oh, was it? Oh, so that, no. I was going to say maybe snow or something like no one's, you know, done the driveway, no footprints. Like that would probably trigger me. But I don't know. So June, so you're probably talking it's going to be hot. I don't know if the AC was on and everything or maybe a bill got skipped and that would throw people off. But finding them in Wisconsin, had they not done the tip off that way, that might have been months. Well, I think they would have started looking into things once they realized. Gypsy was missing, have, but they would have maybe looked at Gypsy as being kidnapped and not as being yeah. part of the. So I still think they would have found Gypsy in maybe only a month, really, the way things are now with a whole the digital trail she had. 
But they'd have been looking for Gypsy as this guy kidnapped her and did all these things and not, hey, Gypsy's a suspect. We got to go find her. But I definitely think they could be the same way they found him in Wisconsin was off of the stuff anyway. I think that still would have happened. Right. But, yeah. Mm. And did she go from one abusive person to another abusive person? Was she like a victim in that situation? Are we talking about the boyfriend? Yeah. I and and my two cents, my two cents again, not a psychiatrist, psychologist, or MD, PhD of any kind. I I definitely think so. I think this guy definitely had some kind of like subservient, submissive wife. Well, women in general, I guess, really not wife, but since he wanted talked about marrying her, but like the whole "you obey me," like the whole "yes sir," coming now, sir, like, and that response to one of her text messages to him. It seemed very much so that he was just, I imagine if it wasn't documented yet, that had that relationship gone on for a few more months, I think he would have been a very physically abusive boyfriend because it seemed like he was kind of already emotionally pushing her. For sure. But she didn't know better because she's like, oh, maybe all men are just like this. My first boyfriend, I don't really know what to do. And I think he took full advantage of that, knowing that I can push, she's not going. I can push more, she's not going. And just kind of wanted to see how far he could go. I mean, after she left with him, after the whole I let him rape me thing. Yeah. This, I mean, anyone with a normal relationship and, and like view of the world's like, that's super fucked up. Well, anyone with a normal relationship and view of the world is not going to lay in the bathtub covering their ears while their boyfriend stabbed their mom to death either. Uh, okay. Fair. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming at this strictly in the lane of like their relationship. But no, yeah, I definitely think he was abusive emotionally. If not physically, I mean, well, rape is physical abuse. I'm not trying to say that, but I mean, like hitting her kind of abuse, like, right. the, you know, she brought me a sandwich and it was cold and like punch her in the mouth, like go make another one. Like I could see him being that guy. Oh, I don't know which one of his 18 personalities, but you know what I mean? Like, I think this guy was just a kind of a dirtbaggy kind of guy to begin with, but you know, he's in prison now. So for life, for life. Cause you know, the judge agreed. So, yeah. And then. One other thing that I really, this is like my biggest one, but it's a super, another what if, what would have happened to Gypsy if Dee Dee hadn't have been murdered? I think at some point with all the stuff going on and the fact that Gypsy was so almost like Stockholm syndrome, like not willing to cross her mom in that situation. I think Gypsy would have died from some medical procedure or something or an overdose of medication. Or just because the stuff had gone too far and she had she didn't have the illness that it was treating and it would have just like, I don't know, ate her liver, shut her kidneys down. Right. And then I think at that point, Dee Dee would have been prosecuted for like first degree murder, child neglect, you know, a litany of laws. And that Dee Dee probably would have got the chair for that. That's crazy. I did look that um, because there were a, there are a lot and they are all linked in our show notes, but there are a lot of documentaries and shows about it. Lifetime made a movie based on it. The act is based on it, but not so factual and all kinds of stuff like that. And Dee Dee's sisters apparently are taken up for her a little bit because they think that it's fucked up. And <laughs> these are their words, not mine. That they don't understand why people keep making stories about it and say that it's time to just leave it alone. Well, I have the answer for that one. The reason that they that it's okay to keep making stories about it is because if these stories help even one person not have to go through this, then and people see like, oh, something might be wrong there. It could be this. And they save one person's life, then it's worth it. So I'm sorry that it is fucked up that it's your sister and your niece, but what your sister did was fucked up. Yeah, because I thought the sisters didn't like her anyway. I don't know. I think they're just tired of being in the spotlight. Yeah, I don't know if it's so much they're mad that they're putting the word out. It's just that they're tired of being asked why their sister was so crazy. Right, and I can understand that, but... I do see why the stories are being made and why it's being brought to light because Dee Dee is not the only person that has done that to her kids either. Oh yeah. I'm just trying to digest all this. So now that we've talked about all that, that crazy story. And by the way, I think I saw something she's up for parole 
in 2024. For those of you who are curious, uh, you should definitely watch the documentaries to like hear it in their words by the actual people. But yeah, yeah. So now that we've asked a million questions. Uh, so I know you have all these questions, and sometimes you have answers too. So what you got for us this week? Okay. Well, my answers came from my questions. I looked these up without having to ask you them. You're welcome. So <laughs> I was trying to figure out the difference between why it was called Munchausen by proxy and like what Munchausen is, you know, if there is a thing. So Munchausen syndrome is when somebody will repeatedly fake medical symptoms or problems themselves. And they might, you know, doctor shop if things aren't working out. Munchausen by proxy is when the person that is suffering is forced into the patient role by the person who has the issue that needs to be a caregiver or whatever that is. And then when I found that out, I was like, okay, so what's the difference between hypochondria and Munchausen syndrome, right? Because it sounds the same. Yeah. Well, hypochondria is when you're preoccupied and worried that you're sick all the time. Like, oh, I think I'm sick with this. Oh, my nose is running. I think I have nose runaway disorder or something like that. But But Munchausen syndrome is when you want to be sick. So instead of being afraid that you have nose runaway disorder, you're like, I have nose runaway disorder. And because of that, I need to take all of these medicines. Yeah. So stubbing your toe and being afraid you broke your toe, maybe hypochondria. Breaking your toe to get attention. Yes. Yes. Breaking your person who trusts you toe. Stay away from me, <laughs> Koei. Uh, much as of my proxy. Hurting someone else so that you can force them to be like, oh, you have marrow in your blood. Let me cut your foot off. Like, no. Right. Broke so a toenail. There are differences yeah. in between those. Also, there are some other Munchausen moms who have done some super jacked up stuff. Lacey Spears killed her five-year-old son in 2015 by putting excessive amounts of sodium in his stomach tube. Jeez. Blanca Montano is serving a 13-year sentence for intentionally transmitting nine types of rare infections into her seven-month-old baby daughter who was laying in a hospital bed. And she even went so far as injecting fecal matter into the baby's feeding tube. The baby did survive, by the way. She thinks she she got more than 13 years for that. You would think. That's insane. That's life without parole. And you know, people that mess with little kids and stuff do not do well in prison. So hopefully she's getting what she deserves. She'll do 12 and a half of it. (laughs) 12 and nine tenths, maybe. I'm just saying they don't do well in prison. But then Mm. Kathy Bush made her daughter so sick that she was hospitalized more than 200 times, undergoing 40 surgeries she never needed, all before she was eight years old. When this was found out, she was taken out of her house and put into a foster family. But after she grew up, she went back to her family and said that she doesn't believe her mom ever did anything intentionally to hurt her. How is Kathy Bush not in prison? I don't know. Like, I'm seeing that. I don't see anything on the Lacey Spears lady either. Um, Maybe they're just going to get karma. I'm not sure that's going to work, but yeah. I don't know. But my final answer of the day is if you are okay if you know for the people that feel bad for gypsy they can actually add to her commissary account online and send her letters and there is a link in our show notes if you're interested in that um i've always made fun of people that send letters to prison to people they don't know but i could kind of almost understand it in this situation would you send me letters if i was in prison yeah, and they would start with, hey, dumbass. <laughs> what if you're in the cell next door? <laughs> um, they separate men and women, so that would not happen. Uh, that's why I said other cell, not cellmate. Jeez. They're not even the same prisons. They have women's prisons and men's prisons. Whatever. Oh, my goodness. Watch Locked Up or something. <laughs> no, I'm good. 
I mean, it's pretty entertaining. Locked Up Abroad is pretty good, too. Oh, man. That is pretty sure all we have time for today. So thank you so much for hanging out with us while we talked about Munchausen by proxy, giant yard dicks, and being mad and suing over the herp. If you have answers to any of my questions that went unanswered today or have some killer questions of your own, please head over to our Twitter at Coey's Questions and let us know. And since you enjoyed hanging out with us so much, don't forget, subscribe while you're at it. Again, five stars. No fours, no threes. Give us that five star. No one's called me out in the, the reviews yet. Let's keep that going. Hashtag defend JSL a few times. Keep them coming. And we'll be back next Tuesday to hang out, question everything, and maybe learn something along the way. 